This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Green and White brought to you by Argyle Life. Just a public service announcement, this is the pilot. We'll see how this goes and and we'll tweak it and we'll go from there. But this time around, we're aiming to bring you something a little different, bringing you, the fans of Plymouth Argyle, into the forefront of our output as we interview a whole host of Argyle supporters from across all four stands of Home Park and beyond. Ranging from international greens to local stalwarts, relative newbies to lifelong season ticket holders and everyone in between. There are a host of people from different backgrounds who make up the Green Army, so here are just a few of their stories as told by themselves. After that, we'll run through their Argyle 11. It won't be their best ever 11 or their favourite. There's a few twists and turns and a few road questions, a randomizer, and an opponent will feature but it will form their very own unique 11 listed in their own formation and, of course, include whichever former Argyle manager they like or the current one. He might get in there on a few of them. We think this will be a joyous ramble through Argyle history. So if you do like what you hear, let us know and we might just get you on. Joining me today on this pilot episode of My Argyle Life is Nick Tomlinson from PAFC Displays. How are you, Nick? Yeah, I'm good, Aaron. Thanks, yourself. I'm good. So start us off for people that don't know who you are. Introduce yourself, who you are and what you do. Yeah, so um, my name is obviously Nick Tomlinson and I basically in the face of PAFC Displays um, at the moment at Home Park. So we deal with all the pitch side flags that you see, any flags within Home Park all comes through us it's all fan funded so everything that we do uh flags and displays related is all fan funded and i coordinate it with um a group of guys and girls that we've got there's probably a core group of about six or seven of us but we're always looking for volunteers and we're always looking for more people to get involved on a more permanent basis so if anybody out there is listening that wants to get involved then um give us a shout on twitter it's at poc displays um or um must you can find myself on on Facebook and PSC Displays is on Facebook as well. So if you want to get involved, just uh, give us a shout and, and we'll see what we can do. Um, but yeah, we, we deal with that on a match day, basically. All the big flags, all the big surfers that we've got, that's that all comes through us and we organise it with the club and, and make sure that everything runs as smoothly as we can before before kickoff. 
So going through those, obviously, I think people, anybody that's visited Home Park will be aware of the increased presence of flags, TIFOs, atmosphere. What, what's been your favourite display? Oh, good question. We've done quite a few. So I think my favourite one was probably the very first one we did back in the, um, I think it was the playoff game or the, it might have been a playoff game against Wickham or I can't remember if the Exeter Derby game was before that, but there was a, the very first one we did was very very similar. I think the very first one we did was unbelievable because at the time we didn't know how well it was going to work. We didn't know everyone would join in. We didn't know, you know, if if it was just going to look absolutely rubbish. But it turned out everyone got involved and it looked brilliant. And from there we we did a few more. But yeah, we've we've t- we've kind of stepped away a little bit from the plastic TFO sheets at the moment because it's just the clear up. As as I said, we're looking for people to help all the time. Lots of people will get involved in in sticking it out, which is great. But when it comes to staying after the game, especially against the Wickham game, for example, in the playoffs where we lost, nobody wanted to hang around and pick things up. They just wanted to go home. Equally, when we win. So if we do a T4 and we win, people want to go out and celebrate. No one wants to stay behind and help pick sheets up. So that's the kind of thing we're looking for, really. Some, of, some people with a little bit more commitment that can give us a hand in and get all those things cleared up but we've like I said we've moved away from plastic sheets and moved more into the plastic banners so it's the same material it's just a longer longer piece of uh, material and we can make some banners and wording obviously we've got the big the gigantic Devonport M flag I thought it hasn't it didn't come out last season um, but we're hoping to get that one out for next weekend against Southampton providing the weather holds up so if it's windy we can't do it if it's wet we can't do it because we can't dry them out so it's it needs to, the weather needs to be relatively calm and dry, um, and we should have something special for, for that one. Nice. So, we, so what you're hoping for is a nice, dry, sunny draw. Yeah, just dry. It doesn't have to be sunny. Uh, as long as it's dry and, and, and relatively calm on the winds, then then we'll be happy with that. We can, we can do it. I was going to say, we're recording this in August, and we're we're hoping for it to be dry. So that's 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 an anomaly. And it's, it's not great. It's also taking you to Wembley, right? You were behind the displays pre the. We won't really talk about the four 0 defeat, but the what's it even called? The the Papa John's. That's it. The Papa John's trophy. Is it still the Papa John's this year? I thought they ended their sponsorship, but what formerly was Papa John's. Yeah, yeah. So, how was it to um get that run out at Wembley? Not many people got one of those. So we only did half of that display so the actual uh, flags that were on the seats that was part funded by the clubs both clubs and part funded by the EFL um, so that was that was their part of it we we arranged to take the eight big waivers that we had down the front so we had the green and white uh, flags with the green and white crests on um, and we also took the uh, we are Argo flag as well so luckily one of the lads has got a, a decent size rank he's a painter and decorator so um, we were able to get the we are Argo flag into that one and and drive it up to Wembley. Um, it was, like I say, just communication with both the club, the EFL and Wembley themselves, and everybody were, were really good. Everyone was brilliant. We were able to do it quite smoothly. We got a little bit of support as well from War Flags up in Newcastle. So they obviously had the, the League Cup final. Was it the League Cup final or was it a semi-final? Yeah, they, they were oh, just a week before, wasn't it? Yeah, they had the League Cup final just before. So they, they had a lot of information that they had, um, which they gave me loads of like, loads of time in advance they even set up a separate whatsapp group with us so they could share all that information they so we, we were well aware well in advance of all the potential stumbling blocks that we had so it's, it's just being organized really and making sure that we've got everything all our ducks in a row and everything ready to go even down to the last week i think there was some things that we were still um 
we were still trying to get polished off. For example, the Weir Argyle flag, it never, it doesn't actually come with a paper certificate, like it's fire certificate. So Wembley were insisting on having a paper fire certificate. So we had to go back to the suppliers to say, look, we need this because otherwise we can't use it. Um, but yeah, eventually we got all the information we needed in Wembley with Good as Gold. Uh, that was that was a surreal experience walking through the inner depths of Wembley and being pitch side at Wembley was um, quite an experience, especially when the pre-match when the Janus song was being sung and there's 40,000 Argo fans there. It just it just felt incredible. I mean, hairs on the back of my neck were on end. It's absolutely brilliant. But that's the kind of perks that we can get if if people are helping us because if people are helping us regularly, we're gonna need, we we go to Wembley and do something like that. We're gonna need more people. So, um, yeah, so if people want to get involved and in, get involved in things like that, then give us a shout. Last real question about PASC displays. Obviously, we, we're looking forward to the new uh, Jana banner. Talk us through that one. Yeah, so it, the idea stemmed really from trying to, from Gordon Sparks, really. I mean, the, the, when, when we lost Gordon, it was a bit of a hit to everybody. And we wanted to have something that we could remember him by. And at the same time, we thought, well, there's lots of other club legends that have entered the club, left the club. You know, there's players and coaches, managers that are still at the club, you know, that, that we want to incorporate and we think should be recognised as well. So we said, well, what can we do? So we're taking um, a bit of inspiration from obviously the Jana song as well. We decided to call it the Jana banner, um, as well as a couple of other flags that we've got. So we've asked uh, James Colonel to make some flags for us um, and do some designs. He's done two so far, which is the Mike Cooper one and the Shuey one. Um, we're going to get those made bigger as well. So we're going to stick those on actual poles. So they're going to be good size flags, three metres by four metres or two metres by three metres, something like that. So they'll be decent size. Uh, and we're going to get some others made up as well. And hopefully we'll be able to sell, sell smaller versions of those as well for people that may want them. Your involvement with Argyle doesn't end there, does it? Obviously, you've managed to sponsor Nance for the season. Yep, that's right. Yep, Nance does lots for us. Um, he, so he, last, over the last couple of seasons, he's a massive, massive advocate of what we do. Um, he's even given some of his time to help with some of the tfuls that we've done. So he said, oh, he may come out and say, I've only got, I've only got twenty minutes, but literally the bloke will run around block. He was running around block one, sticking sheets on seats, and is unbelievable. He's got a couple of shirts signed for us. Um, he's doing it again this year, so keep an eye out for the raffles that we're doing with signed shirts to try and raise cash for displays. Uh, so Nance has got those. He's going to get those signed up for us. Yeah, nice. It sounds good. So obviously, moving on to you then. Yeah. Uh, talk through your first game, the team, the opponents, your first memories of Home Park. Right. So this is tough because I don't actually remember my first game. Um, my dad started taking me when I was four years old. So for me to remember my first game is almost impossible, but it's kind of... Argyle's always been there. It's always been in my life. It's something that I've grown up with. There's no, I can't think of a definite beginning of when I first started following Argyle. So it's, like I say, it's, it's been part of my life growing up all, all the way through. So um, unfortunately, I can't answer that one. But my earliest memories of going to Home Park would be um, a FA Cup game against Derby in the 90s. And sitting over in the Lindhurst, I had a season ticket with my we started off having a season ticket over in the mayflower um in the standing area um we used to sit me on the on the um the crush barriers that were there um then we moved across the mate to the lindes for a while and had a season ticket over there um but yeah it's, it's been one of those really it's just been always part of my life it's just something that i've grown up with so to, to actually nail down an actual game I, unfortunately i couldn't tell you I, i've we think it could be an, it could have been a derby game against exeter but we're not actually sure 
run us through some of the, the fixtures that stand out in your mind. Obviously, you mentioned there that the the, the the FA Cup game against Derby and and that. But what what fixtures and players and goals really stick out in your minds? I mean, fixtures wise, it's the one that stands out. The two, the couple that stand out the most for me in my earliest the earliest memories I've got would be in the ninety five ninety six season, the playoff final season. Um, I was a mascot that year, so I was a mascot against Wigan, and we won that game three one. I always remember walking down the tunnel and Neil Warnock coming down the tunnel and saying, um, hopefully you give us some luck, lad. And we won 3-1. So that was obviously, obviously I gave some luck there. Um, and in the same season, that playoff semi-final against Colchester, um, that game was, it was Colchester, wasn't it? Doubting myself. Man. We'll double check it and then I'll say it again. So it was Division 3 at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Colchester. I was right. So after all that, I was right anyway. So obviously we needed to win that game after... I think away goals counted then as well. So we went up there. I think the first leg was 1-1. We came back down here and took an early lead from Mickey Evans. And then Kinsella scored an absolute screamer for them. He did it in the first leg as well. Scored an absolute screamer for them. And then obviously away goals counting double. They were in prime position. And then late on, we win it to to go to Wembley. Pitch invasion, Warnock on the, uh, in the director's box. It was just, yeah, brilliant, brilliant memories. Talk us through the best goal you've ever seen with your own eyes. Best goal I've ever seen at Home Park. Wherever, uh, just all goal related. So I think opposition-wise, best goal I've seen at Home Park. Um, one that always always sticks out in my head is Boatz's goal for Watford in the FA Cup quarter-final. That was an absolute thunderbolt from absolutely nowhere. Um, they didn't deserve it. Um, ben Foster had the game of his life. Um, but yeah, I, that that goal always always stand out for me. Um, possibly along with. Uh, Scott Sinclair's goal where he ran pretty, pretty much the length of the pitch and stuck it in the top corner. Uh, there was Mickey Evans's goal where he took the quick free kick off the keeper in, into the net. A bit of quick thinking from himself. Um, there's been so many to choose from over the years. Um, but yeah, I think those those are probably two of the two of the main ones. And obviously you've got Chris, you've got the, the um, header at the back post in the semi-final to, to send us to Wembley as well. With uh, Peter Hartley, so yeah, there's there's loads there's loads of that you could choose from, um, but I think those are the main ones for me that stand out. So before we leave Home Park and we go, we talk about a couple of questions about away days. Talk us through your a typical match day routine for you. Then any rituals? Obviously, are aware that your match days differ. Yeah, so match days for me are a busy, busy day. Um, I tend to leave my place at about. 10 o'clock half past 10 to get to the ground and that's not because I'm just keen to get there it's it's because we've got lots to sort out so all those flags that we have pitch side are stored on top of the turnstiles in the, in the Devonport end so we have to get all those cleared out before people start coming through coming through the tunnel the turnstiles right even if we're not going to use them obviously they need to be cleared before people come in so we have to get all those out uh, put them pitch side it takes takes a little while to do that um, especially when you're on your own doing it Sometimes we have a couple of guys who come in and help. Uh, they get, tend to get there a little bit later and we get some of the, the more tasking stuff like actually putting flags in the stands. So we use blocks six, seven and eight. So we'll put 60 flags in there now as well. So they'll do that for me. And then if we are using one of the big flags, it's then getting that out of the storage bag that it's in, making sure it's the right way around and making sure that we don't send it up in look fools and be backwards like we've seen some clubs do or the wrong way around or something like that. So... We try and make sure that we get everything spot on and, and ready to go. Um, normally finish that probably about one o'clock. Um, and then by then it's just back into either the GTs or sit in the stands, have a beer and, underneath and uh, 
and just get patiently ready for about half past two where we start to do our business of handing flags out and getting people pitch side. Sounds good. So obviously away from home park then. Talk us through your early earliest memories of away days. Yeah, so I think my very first away day was with my old man when I was a little bit younger. I think it must have been about seven or eight. We, it was a pre-season friendly at Torquay. Uh, I don't remember much of the game, to be honest. I must have only been, let's say, six, I must have been about six or seven. So it's quite a while ago now, maybe 30 years ago. So I don't really remember much of it. But um, in my late teens, so finishing school when we were in the championship, I was quite lucky that I was in sixth form when we were in the championship, just towards coming out of sixth form and starting an apprenticeship. So I had a lot of, lot of time where I could actually go to away days and, and things like that. So um, Tuesday night games especially, I just took a bit of time off work and go. Um, so we did, I remember doing Charlton on a Tuesday night where we won uh, 2-1 with Barry Hales and Ebanks Blake scoring. Uh, Danny Mills scored for Charlton. Uh, ball at the post, hit McCormick on the back of the head and went in. I remember that, it was just gutting. But like I said, we went on to win that game anyway. Um, that game was a, a nightmare to get home from because I believe Arsenal were in the Champions League on the same night and the M25 was absolutely chocker, more so than it normally is. Everything was gridlock. I don't think we got onto the M25 until like gone midnight. And then we didn't actually, I, our coach didn't get back to home park until about seven o'clock in the morning, which at which point, which point I just went straight to college. So there was no point coming home. So that, that was, that game will always stand out. There was obviously, we went, we did QPR on a Tuesday night as well. So there was quite a few. We did Watford away where uh, David Norris scored in the last minute. So yeah, there's quite a few away games in, in that championship time where I went to, which, um, will stand out for me as well. Moving on then, favourite ground that you visited with Argyle? Oh, favourite ground. Um, that's a tough one. It could be due to the fixture, it could be due to the just the magnitude or the you know the opponent or probably I'd say favourite ground is probably going to be the Emirates, I would say, because of just that was for me that was the first proper premiership ground that I'd ever been to and just walking out and seeing how big that stadium was at the time and compared to what we were used to and what we were going to. I think that, for me, will stand out quite a bit. And obviously, Stamford Bridge as well with the history of the club and the history of Chelsea there and, what, and the players that have played there and things like that, I guess, would stand out as well. Um, but, yeah, those two definitely stand out. Yeah, I believe that we actually still hold the uh, attendance record, the away attendance record of the Yeah, Yeah, I think you're right, I think we do. Yeah, they gave us too many tickets. Um, it was the year it opened, right? So, um, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, but we'll take it. We'll take it. A small, yep. win, small, small little records in the history books that we don't, we don't usually populate. So we'll take those. Before we move on to your Argyle XI, we'll take a quick break and we'll jump back on. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
jumping back on for part two. Um, this is the bit that I'm most excited for. Uh, Nick, it's time for you to name your all-time Argyle XI. And as we said in the intro, this won't be your favourite players or even the best players to Grace Home Park. We'll provide an 11 that is uniquely yours. So can you just let everybody know what formation you're going to play? Yeah, I've gone old school. I've gone 4-4-2. Um, just because I like to have two strikers and I just prefer to go forward and back. So 4-4-2 for me. 4-4-2. And just, um, we'll get on to this later, but can you just let everybody know which, which position you've um, asked to randomise? I believe it was centre-mid. Brilliant. We'll call it um, randomization for this, but I think we might call it shooey roulette um, in future episodes. We'll call it now. We'll call it now. Why not? So start us off then, Nick. Who is the best player you've ever seen play for Argyle and why? For me, it's Graham Carey. I think the, the bloke just literally got got you off your seat, got you excited. Some of the goals he scored were just outrageous. Um, the, the goal against Blackpool, for example. I mean, I've been told, I never, I wasn't at that game, but I've been told that it looked so much better when they were in the stand to what it did on TV and things outrageous. like that. So, I mean, that, that strike is phenomenal. And the, the bloke was, was brilliant. So, yeah, Graham Carey, my, uh, my, for me, the best player that I've seen in Argos, yeah. Most players would do that one in a hundred times, but I would back Carey to do that twenty out of a hundred times. It's just his free, his free kicks were just outrageous as well. So, yeah, definitely for me. I think the, I think the man was. I think we had him at the right time of his career as well. I think he was just in his prime, and I think he left at probably the right time as well. So, I, yeah, I'd, I'd go with Carey. Yeah, go, going off to um, was it Bulgaria? No. Yeah, CSKA wasn't it. And then, you know, popping up and scoring against Roma in the Europa Conference, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a weird but good um, career arc for him as well. So Graham Carey kicks us off. I assume he's slotting in at left mid. Yep. Brilliant. And then next up, we, we pick the captain. Uh, they don't have to have worn their captain's armband during their time at Argyle, but their captain for you. So my captain was Mickey Heathcote. Captain the side at Wembley. The only time we've won at Wembley, I had when I was uh, obviously back in '96. I must have been about seven or eight. I had him on my, the back of my shirt, number five on the back of my shirt. It was it was my favourite player then. So um, yeah, I've got it's got to be Mickey, commanding at the back. So big centre back, right? Yeah, that's right. That's good. Sounds good. So Mickey Heathcote. Um, I'm just making a note of these so because I will forget. Started very very strong. So you've told us your best. And your third pick has to be the worst player you've ever seen in an Argyle shirt. And I appreciate this might be a harsh question for some. And I can imagine a few people on Twitter will be like, oh, that's, you know, you, you can't be that harsh. You can't call somebody the worst player you've ever seen. But we don't care. We just want your worst player that you've ever seen. So this one, he was a loan signing in, in our championship days. And he was a young French lad who was highly, highly rated. Um, and he came on board on a, on a, I think it was a half-season loan or a season-long loan. It went by the name Nicola Marin. He was useless. I mean, I remember him coming on against Sheffield United and away. We lost 2-0. James Beatty scored, scored a brace. Um, and he was just, it was just a waste of a position. Um, he came in, everyone hyped him up as if he was going to be the, the next big thing. And I think he must have made about, I'd be surprised if he made more than five appearances for us. Um, it's just he was just awful, really bad player. Just couldn't, just couldn't travel with the ball. He just as a winger, he just couldn't do anything. So that's who I've I've gone for as the worst player. Yeah, nice. No, so just done a quick Google on uh, Green's on the screen. Obviously, everybody will know Nick Marin for his 
uh, bleach blonde hair, I reckon, more than his ability. But obviously joined on a season-long loan from French side Lorient uh, with a view to a permanent transfer. So we're glad we didn't make that permanent. Are we going right mid? Yeah, I've gone right mid with Nicola Marigny. I remember. I seem to remember him bombing down the right-hand side, so or trying to bomb down the right-hand side and not really getting anywhere. <laughs> so he is your worst player. Next up is a player that you thought was underrated during their time with us. So I've gone for a left-back in David Worrell. So um, back in Paul Sturrock's time, I think himself and uh, another centre-mid, who I'm going to name Stevie Adams, I think the pair of them were extremely uh, underrated. But for me, I mean, at the back of the Denport and where I sit, we all really liked David Worrell. And we, had, we had our own little David Worrell fan club, basically, at the back of the Denport so I think I'd be told off if I didn't pick uh, David Worrell for, for most underrated. So you're picking him not just for yourself, but for... Uh... But for the group of lads that I uh, sit with as well, yeah. Why not? Yeah, I mean, you know, anybody that comes in and plays, you know, over 150 appearances must have something about them anyway. OK, David Worrell, we'll move on. So one player, I don't know if I sent you this, I might have changed this earlier. Uh, one player that you've met slash had the best interaction with so this, yeah, you did send me this. This was a tough one because um, there's a couple of players, two players in particular um, that I could have gone with for this. Um, one being um, Mr. Mr. Danny Mayer and the other being Mr. Conor Graham. Uh, both absolutely brilliant, brilliant blokes. But I think because of the story with Mayer, it has to be Mayer. So my 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 uh, niece, is uh, she's been going Argyle for the last couple of years now. She's seven. Um, and... Uh, her dad's a, a Liverpool fan. They went. They took. They took her to on a stadium tour of Liverpool at Anfield. And uh, when she was in the dressing room, the tour guide asked her, uh, "Asked her, who's your favourite player?" And she said, "Danny Mayer." <laughs> when we came back to Plymouth, she was a mascot, and she she did the same thing. She went into the change room, and uh, I told Danny this story, and uh, he wet himself laughing. You know, to add a photo taken with her and everything like that. Um, and then the last game, the last home game of the season last year against Burton. Uh, we were in the Green Taverners game after the after the game, and she, she turns around to me and she says, "I want to ask Danny Mayer to come back to Nana's house for a Chinese." <laughs> and she wouldn't let it go. She was just constantly asking. She wanted to ask him for a Chinese. So I said, "Come on, we'll go and try and find Danny." So we went back into the ground just on the off chance that we might bump into him, and um, it just happened that he was in the players' lounge at the time, and one of the other lads, I think it might have been. I think it might have been Joe Edwards, actually, but just outside the players' lounge. And I said to him, is Danny in there? Would he be possibly able to pop out quickly? And they said, yeah, I'll go and grab him. So he, he lit, fair play to Joe. We went and got him, and he, and he pulled him out. She asked her a question. He laughed and just, you know, it was really good with her. He's brilliant with her. I turned around and said, look, I'm sorry. I don't think my wife would allow it. Um, but um, maybe next time. He was he was absolutely brilliant with her. Um, and then he stopped and had a photo done. And, uh, yeah, he was I stood there and had a, chance and had a chat. And I had a feeling then that he wouldn't be signing because of, some of the things he said to me there is something some like um, some of the grounds that you're going to be going to next season are going to be fantastic. So I had an inkling then that he was off. But um, yeah, it was so for me, Danny, Danny Mayer has to be the player that I've, that I've had the best interaction with. Yeah, it sounds absolutely lovely as well. And I don't think we've ever been as blessed with a group of players and, and staff and everybody associated with the club that are just nice people, you know, like everybody just seems like they've got a heart of gold. And, and like you said, they'll, they'll go and do anything for anyone. Like 
even just the the interactions on social media from from like you say John Woods and, and everybody just seems yeah uh, top class. So yeah, Danny Mayer slots in. I assume at centre mid. Yeah, not, of course. Yeah. You're not going to randomise his position. No, he can he can sit there in centre mid. That's not a problem by me. Nice. So moving on to the randomizer, then, as we said earlier, we'll call it Shuey Roulette. As I told you before we started recording, Nick, in the in the test, you got Carl Fletcher and Ronnie Moget. I will run through. I'll run through the names in this list that you've got. I think I've been pretty fair to you. You've got Connor Hurahan. You've got David Fox. You've got Ronnie Moget. You've got Steve Castle. You've got Lillian Nallis. You've got Carl Fletcher. You've got Luke Summerfield, Don Blizzard, Gary Megson. Steve McCall, Lee Cox, Ollie Norburn, Laji Sakuna, Dean Parrott, Chris Billy, and Tumani Diagaraga. So you've got a, you've got a quite a broad mix there. Yeah, it's quite a mix. What we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll spin, we'll, we'll draw two, and then we'll let you pick one. So we're not going to be completely harsh. Although it's, it's, it's landed on the same name. You've got um, Ronnie Moshe as your first one out. So not a bad, not a bad style. I'll take out for one. I feel like it might be him if we draw something. Um, Could well be. Definitely going to be, because the other option is Dean Parrott. Yeah, um, I don't think there's much of a choice there, really, is it? Ronnie's scored the only winning goal at Wembley, or the only goal we've scored at Wembley, in fact. So I think it has to be Ronnie, unfortunately. Sorry, Dean. (laughs) (laughs) I'm absolutely fine. I think that's uh, fairly obvious um, that Ronnie outshines so then we move on to the opposition player one player that you've seen at home park or at an away game just an Argyle game one player you've seen at an Argyle game you wish Argyle had signed or would, would make your 11 um, so I tried to look at this in terms of a league game rather than like an FA Cup game because you could have picked any of the Arsenal squad you could have picked any of the Chelsea squad pretty much so that tried to look the best at... way I reckon yeah, yeah so I, I tried to look at it from a league perspective instead and the one player that I'm looking at my my team sheet that I've got here for the the uh, the eleven, I've got a centre forward position open. So the only player that I really wish we could have signed back then, which we would never be able to afford anyway, would have been Andy Carroll. The two goals he scored against us to relegate us and send Newcastle back to the Premier League were brilliant. I mean, just what a player he was at that level. It was, it was a joke. He should never have been at that level. So yeah, for me, Andy Carroll fits in there. Yeah. Nice. And and from Andy Carroll, we move on to you picking the rest of the squad. We do give you some leeway here. Yeah, so I think, there's only, I think there's only three positions left. Who's up top with Andy Carroll? So there's only one person you can play up there when you talk about Argyle strikers. It's got to be Mickey Evans. Yeah. I mean, the bloke's an, a local legend. He's done it all. He's, uh, he won, was it Premier League Player of the Year? Is Player of the Month uh, in between two absolute legends as well back in the early 90s I can't remember who they were now but it was two, I know it was two absolute legends um, and I think he basically kept Southampton up that year mm. um, and then came back to us and scored a hat full of goals for us again in a second spell so for me Trigger's got to be in there yeah good shout Trigger you've got three positions left so you've got a goalkeeper you have a right back and a centre back let's go with your goalkeeper Roman Lario simple as that for me um for the amount of years he was at the club, I think it's about 10, 11 years he was at the club. Um, it just, just sensational performance all year, all, all the way through his career at Argyle, and loves the club. Still has a big affection for the club now. Um, so yeah, for me, Roman gets to that spot. 
That's a great pick. That's a great pick. I think I'd be torn between uh, Roman and Mike Cooper. I think, uh, yeah, I think I'd be very torn. Yeah, I mean, for me at the moment, I mean, Mike Cooper, don't get me wrong, Mike Cooper's probably going to be the best keeper this club's ever had. But at the moment, he's only three seasons in or four seasons in as opposed to what Roman did over 11 years. So I think at the moment, Roman takes it for me. Moving on to your uh, right back then. Who have we got there? Paul Connolly. Good shout. I thought... I thought he was superb for this club. Uh, I remember his debut against Brighton, um, where he scored a spectacular on goal. Um, but after that, it was it was plain sailing for him. And I think I think he had a, went on to have a fantastic career as well. Um, yeah, the goal against Brighton was just a fluke. He just on the halfway line, stretching under pressure, and just lofted it over over uh, Roman Lario and into the net from about 45, 50 yards. So um, yeah, it was a it was a, a freak on goal and. From there, I don't think he really looked back. I can't. I'll be struggled to find pick it, pick any bad games that Paul Connolly had after that. Really, would have been an absolute lovely finish if it had been in the right net. Hundred percent. Would have been a wonderful goal. And to complete your eleven, who are you slotting in at centre back alongside Mickey Heathcote? Christian Timo. Good shout. The bloke was just a walking brick, a walking brick wall. Um, won everything in the air, put everything on the line to the point where he even fractured his skull one game. I don't think he was the same player after that, but I mean, he was superb, absolutely. You know, if you wanted one player to stick his head on anything, he was the man you go to. Yeah, I think Timar walks into my team. I know this isn't about me, but I think, like you said, apart from after the injury, you know, he didn't seem to want to put himself about as much. And obviously, he had a couple of spells away as well and didn't, never really found his form again, which is a great shame. But that is an absolutely brilliant 11. Um, moving on then, who have you got to manage this side? This was a tough one because um, there's been quite quite a few decent managers that we've had um, in my time watching Argo. But I think I'm probably going to go with Paul Sturrock in his first time round, in his first time at the club. We were just phenomenal back then as well. Um, I know Shuey's had a great year last year and he, he had a great year the year before as well. It's I think Paul Sturrock for me. That's who I'd choose at the moment for this 11. Shuey could quite easily in the next season or two take that well away from uh, from Paul Sturrock, but I think for me, Paul Sturrock. Yeah, I think Luggy is, is a sensational shout to um, manage this random mismatch of uh, Argyle history and nostalgia. Plus it's 4-4-2 as well, so Luggy are like a 4-4-2. Exactly. You picked the perfect man for that. So before you go, let's let's just run through that quickly. Obviously, Nick's all-time Argyle XI. <laughs> Definitely not his all time. But Nick's um, My Argyle Life XI reads as Roman Lario in goal, Paul Connolly at right back, Christian Timar and Mickey Heathcote at the centre back, David Worrell at left back, Nicholas Marin as his worst player he's ever seen in an Argyle shirt on the right wing, Danny Mayer, who wins best interaction at centre mid alongside the randomised Ronnie Moshe. Graham Carey is the best player he's ever seen at left wing or left midfield as we're going for a, a 4-4-2. And up top, partnering Mickey Evans is Andy Carroll. Now, that is a random, as they come, <laughs> and I am a big fan of that. And managing those is Paul Sturrock. I think that's a, I think that's a good 11. Are you happy with that? Yeah, I'm happy with that. With the constraints I was under, I'm happy with that, yeah. Yeah, I think um, as this goes on, I'd like to do like a little league table 
see how everybody gets on. Give um give the Twitter and Facebook fans a little vote to see who wins what. Maybe we can do like a World Cup at the end of the season. <laughs> who's, who's... Before we go then, Nick, there's two finishing questions. So two. the first one is a bit all-encompassing. The first one is, what is Argyle to you? Argyle to me is a community. It's, I mean... I go to the club and I see the same people every week. I have conversations with the same people every week. And it's different conversations with different people. So obviously doing what I do, I have people, I speak to people regularly at the club who, are, who work for the club. I have conversations with them and they're fans just as much as we are. So I, I have conversations with them all the time and it's interactions with people and, and things like that. It's, it's being part of something bigger than yourself, which is what I like. Last but not least, where can people find you and your output and how can people help PAFC Displays? Yeah, so um, our Twitter handle is, or X handle, whatever you want to call it now, is at PAFC Displays. Um, we have a website, which is just simply www.pafcdisplays.co.uk. Uh, we've got a shop on there, uh, which we sell stickers, towels, mouse mats, um, cushions, uh, there's all sorts on there which you can you can uh, purchase through the website. Uh, all the profit raised from those purchases goes back into PFC Displays. So there's everything everything that we do around the club is fan funded, and that's how we fan fund it is by selling the stickers, selling the towels, um, even golf towels we've got in there as well. So there's there's, there's lots of lots of things in there that people can can uh, purchase for to to support us. But yeah, we're contactable through the website as well. Um, and we try and get back to people as quickly as we can as well. So there's not, so there's no delay. Thanks for joining us, Nick. And uh, hopefully we'll get you on a regular pod again sometime soon. Yeah, no worries. Love, love to. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Man. That's the end of another episode of Green and White brought to you by Argyle Life. Before you go, please make sure you drop us a review on whichever podcast platform you are using and make sure you follow us on Twitter at Argyle Life 1886. Cheers. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.